Good morning, traders and investors. Got a week here and we've gone nowhere. Thought we were going down on Thursday. Looked like, hey, 3,800 handle. Here we come. And then poof, Google cuts jobs and we're back up here near at 4,000. Triple D says it's just a tug of war, bulls and bears. We want to know what you guys think. Big week of earnings. That may turn things. Bitcoin knocking on 23K. At least something moved last week. We'll bring Tim Quas on at 835 and get his view from market structure. Mitch, let's get the week started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. morning traders and investors we're in the green by a couple handles here two and a half handles knocking on the door here of getting back into the four handle we'll see if that can happen today pre-market low 80 and a quarter not much there pre-market high 39 and 95 not much there we'll see if we can get back up to last week's high uh the buck now the buck went down last week here but that's trying to come back flat at 101.80 uh, bonds just kind of in a holding pattern here, down just a couple ticks at 130 and 830 seconds. Now, crude had a move last week, well over 80, up 70 cents, 82.34. Gold flat, 1928.20. Silver down 11 cents, 23.82 and a half. And there, here's your winner, winner, winner. Bitcoin up $595.22,985. Let's bring in Triple D, see if he was uh, on good behavior last week. And also, Money Mitch, how you guys doing? Just, you guys, don't go on for too long about how much you miss me, okay? Because just, let's just move on with the show. <laughs> I was, was crying. Tough. I, I was know. crying. I had, I had to wear my Joel shirt the one day because I couldn't take it anymore. So I had. Yeah, you were a part Joel of the show, Joel. On. Don't worry. You were a part. Okay. So, Triple D, what's <laughs> going on here? Thursday, we closed on the low, made a new low for the week. We're down at 39.15. And then, poof, here we are. Back at 4,000. So what's going on? Just chop. You're in the chop fest. You're in the biggest raging battle between the bulls and the bears. And yes, I know I'm nasally. And yes, I have a little bit of a cold again. Welcome to Canada in January. Oh, Canada. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's COVID. Who does COVID tests anymore? So who knows? But I know I don't feel very sick. I just have a little bit of congestion. It's not too bad. At least not yet. But, okay. but, but going back to the markets, we're just in a battle here. And fade everything continues to work. And it's what we've been talking about on this show relentlessly, at least for the last couple of months and really for the last year. The contrarian market is what we're in. If you're chasing moves, you're doing it backwards. You have to move up, you're selling stocks. You have to move down, you're buying stocks. That's just how it's working. It's a trader's market. I don't know who wins in the end. I obviously think, I'm a crystal ball, but I think the Bears are going to win here in the end. But uh -huh. who knows when that happens? You know, we had a good case from Tommy Lackey, um, who was on the show on Friday. And he was arguing that he thought the first half was going to be okay. And it's the second half that the market's going to fall off a cliff. And I'm like, well, there's an argument there, too, that maybe, you know, this recession, which is imminent, is just pushed off because people still do have money. We know they've brought down their cash reserves. We know they've brought up their credit card uh, debt. We know that they're starting to sell toys, but they're still got some cash. They haven't really hit, you know, it's hit a few little areas, but it hasn't really hit that hard yet. I do think eventually it's going to hit, but it's the timing that is very difficult to predict. So Tommy is saying he was pushing it out to the back half of 2023. I thought the first half of 2023 is going to be bad, and then the, the Fed's going to have to pivot, and then the, Fed, the rest is going to be good. But again, I'm not going all in this market until the Fed actually pivots. Well, one other thing, too, that uh, we debated a couple where we talked about a couple weeks ago, and you talked about the market just grinding, you know, kind of grinding to a halt. And it's that 
the volatility is starting to come out of the market. I mean, I know he had a, a big update yesterday and stuff, but I'm just looking at, uh, you know, the nine-day average trading range, which is kind of my own personal VIX, and it's down to 68.50 for the S&Ps, and just seems to be coming down every day. So there's just, it is, you know, you talked about that that quiet period. Um, yes. I don't know what years you equated it to um, back in the 2000s, but kind of feel you know that's where we're going you know if the ranges start coming in and i, I know that's not you know trading ranges are different than trading uh momentum markets but uh it's sure things are calmed down i guess overall that's good for the market the the weekly numbers are looking okay now that the quarterly numbers are looking everything's looking okay but it just doesn't you know let's see if we can clear i clear in last week's high I, to me, that would be the big bogey. But again, um, it's tough. We clearly, you know what happens in this market because we can keep looking at it this way if we clear last week's higher, if we break out here. But these little breakouts just become fake outs. And the little breakdowns just become fake downs too. It's just the type of market you're in. And as a trader, you always have to be adjusting for the type of market you're in. This isn't this, you know, momentum market. I mean, it has pockets of, of momentum. We've seen relentless oil buying over the course of the last year. So the momentum traders can find pockets. But the overall market is just in a trading range still. You know, it's hard. Like, I keep saying if we go to 410, I might sell everything because I think that would be a major overshoot. And maybe that does happen. But, you know, every time you think we're breaking down, buyers reemerge. And every time you think we're breaking out, sellers reemerge and that's because we have overhead supply and underneath demand and that's what's put, keep putting us and keeping us in the trading range all right money what uh what do you got for us today let's all get right. to well, we can, individual issues well we'll get into that i did want to make a comment that finally a quiet week in the fed week so nothing we don't expect to be here and talk from the fed this week even though we got a ton of it last week even with friday's uh, federal governor Christopher Waller saying that he favored a quarter percentage point rate increase at the next meeting. Of course, the next meeting will be the 31st and the first next week. So stay tuned for that. Of course, next week will be all about the FOMC. But this week, it's all about the notable earnings this week. I don't yeah. think we're going to miss that. We ne definitely need the cover. There's going to be a lot of stocks reporting this week. Microsoft. IBM, Tesla, Visa, MasterCard. This is what's on the tape this week. Want to definitely at least uh, give a forward look towards this. Don't miss it. Uh, especially we will be having Tesla, uh, Microsoft's earnings right here on Benzinga. You don't got to miss it. Don't miss those earnings call. And Microsoft starts Tuesday afternoon. Then Wednesday we get Tesla. I mean, these are big guns. And then you've also got, you know, going away from the tech stocks, you've got Johnson & Johnson, Boeing, AT&T, Visa, Chevron, American Express. There's big names coming here, Joel. Mm -hmm. So this will give us more of a feel for where we are on corporate earnings. Are they starting to see weakness? Are they going to warn? Or are they going to pull the Starbucks and just say, hey, we see, you know, strong demand forever. So that, look at the calendar calendar starting to get a little bit busy so yeah. it's been quiet it's been quiet for a month and a half it's always you get 45 days of busy earnings you have 45 days basically quietness we're back and we're entering that 45 days of busy and it's going to really get busy you know next week when you start getting the really big guns but microsoft big gun coming tuesday that'll give us a tell all right and uh also just a couple uh broad observation um that i made with uh with mitch is uh Boy, oh boy, J.P. Morgan had that run after earnings and then a little change of heart here. That's uh, that's pulled back from its earnings high. I I noticed that. Nice run into it. Crazy day on the actual earnings when it <coughs> shot over 140. And then the other thing, I you know, I noticed that, uh, well, you know, AAL had that uh, that good news, right? And uh, some really good news on uh, on Wednesday, it looks like. And that popped, and that's kind of giving it back. So I don't know if that's going to be an end. I guess Delta's hanging up here right near its high of the moon. But uh, that's really that that the observations, and I, and I noticed that uh, growth is back a little bit. Kathy uh, uh, distanced herself from the lows, so um, and that then, hasn't stopped since January. Yep. So we have seen a nonstop bid in the beaten down growth names since January. That hasn't stopped. What we have seen 
really is a perfect January effect. We've really seen in January a little bit of weakness in the drugs, which would be expected because obviously they had a really good year. We've seen oil kind of just hang out. The oil stocks are just hanging out. They're up a little bit. Um, but we've seen a relentless bend in the beaten down names. And that's really what the January effect is all about, which we called perfectly on this show. Mad at myself that I, know I didn't hold some of these stocks longer, but I mean, Tesla's been leading the charge, pun intended. Uh-huh. Obviously, <laughs> bottom three days or four days into January, and it's looked up ever since. Um, no. I've been saying there's room to 150 on Tesla. I still think there is room to 150 on Tesla. I think it gets a little tough sledding as you get to that point, but the stocks just got massively oversold. Probably room on 40 to ARKK, but then you look at the 40, Joel, and you think on ARKK and they call it. Now, even if we get there, then I got all this overhead supply. It's just not easy sledding to just get it back to like 50, 60, 80 and going back and making new all-time highs by the end of the year. I don't see that path there, but I do see this path where the January effect has not laid off yet. It's been sustained. We're three weeks into the end of the month, and that's typical. Usually January is a pretty good month for the beating down growth stocks. It's exactly what we have seen. Seasonality making the play. Now, one of the things, of course, is last week we did get a major pullback where a lot of those longs might have gotten a little bit weary on that pullback. And now they're starting to ramp back. So we have to think, is this another bull trap for these growth stocks to the upside now that we've gotten a little bit of a bounce? It was pretty much only like a one or two day pullback. You guys can see that in Tesla. You guys can see that in a stock like Unity that pulled back significantly. We'll see if they start getting back through their highs, or is this just another trap to the upside? Tesla yeah, has like, their earnings. Again, these just go with – sorry, Joel. I should let no, you talk okay. to you. Let's get talk all last week, so I'm being a real jerk here. No, um, go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm getting uh, – no, I'm, I'm getting getting my bearings back here. Just the only thing I just wanted to say about Tesla, Mitch, did, did, you, mm-hmm. did you follow yourself here? Because we were mm. looking at that year-end close, remember? We yep. were focusing on that. We were focusing on that, if it could get green for the year. And uh, when did it do that? It did that. Uh, well, of course, it's bounced around a little bit, but it made a dash on uh, on Monday. Or excuse no. me, there wasn't a Monday. It was a Tuesday. It had the good day and kind of meandered with the market. But uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Triple D. Take us. Uh, I think all us, this stuff, you just there. group it together. You uh-huh. just group all these stocks together. The relationships are working. You know, you've got all your unities and your Teslas and all of them are all moving together in the same growth bucket. So it's very important. What we are clearly seeing this year is buckets are working. And what do I mean like that? You've got your growth stock bucket. You've got your consumer staple bucket. You've got, you know, your, um, you've got your cash cow buckets. You've got your value buckets. You got your, you know, have all these buckets. Make sure you know which bucket your stock is in because certain stocks are still in favor and certain stocks are out of favor, at least here in the short term. Right now, that growth stock bucket, even when I'm shorting stocks, I short stocks every day, but I buy stocks every day. You know I trade market neutral. When I'm shorting right now, I'm very cautious shorting anything in the growth bucket because the growth bucket is in a little mini bull market right now. There's no doubt. To your point, Joel, Kathy's come off the lows, Tesla, you're going to Unity. It's off the lows there as well. But you can go to like stocks like Upstart, UPST. Well, that look where it bottomed, Joel, over four days right before January, and it's been straight up really ever since. So, I mean, there's all these little stocks, a little beaten down growth names. Are there some of them still going down longer term? I think so. But you can't argue with that these things are massively oversold. And I, don't, I have no position in Upstart. It's a four hundred dollars stock a year and a half ago. It's seventeen dollars. Is it going back to four hundred? No, but it could it go to twenty five? Yeah. So I just got to be careful, just being full on bearish everything because right now the bulls have a little you know bull market going on in growth. Well, I'll tell you, uh, one of the stocks that's going to be definitely important <clears throat> on the day. Already getting some news from it is Apple. Right? Apple's been hanging on here. Hasn't really broken down, at least in my eyes. It's It's hanging on by a thread a lot of the times. Let's talk about what they put out today. Apple is targeting manufacturing 25% of all of its iPhones in India. Um, So starting to shift out of China, right? I think we're starting to see more and more of that trend. I think this is something that we need to always look for to see if we're going to continue to see the trend get away from China. And it looks like Apple uh, is going to be targeting there for uh, iPhone build in India. Of course, right now they only do like two 
I think it's like two to 3% in India. So something to watch. But for me, big level right now on Apple, we're coming back towards a weekly trend line that we cracked from. Did we get back to 140s? I'll be looking. Wow, nice move off this off low. I, I just, for this week, my focus will be the, the high from last week, 38.61. And uh, just going back, something jumped out at me at this upstart here. Um, 18 and a quarter here. Uh, that splits the uh, the the high from last week is uh, eighteen thirty three. Uh, you bumped up against on Monday, but uh, that's a nice looking nice looking uh, a chart on the weekly's down. We have a little time to to the Apple earnings, correct? It's um, yeah, it's next week. Next week, yeah, so. yeah, little pre earnings run here. I got you. Mitchell hunt it down. I'm pretty sure it's next week. Yeah, ten days from now, Thursday, February second. So the day after we get the FOMC report. Okay, creeper rally here, folks. Uh, up yep. seven and a half handles, which is, you know, eight handles. Nothing, nothing, nothing. No big birds, but just uh, climbing back up to that that four thousand last mm-hmm. week's highs. We got a ways to go to that thirty-five and a quarter. Bull's got a case here in the short term. Again, four thousand though. Like you come up in on a, up another thirty handles from here, and a major resistance again. Trade the range. What is that? Channelingstocks.com. We'll go back to that again. <laughs> appears to be the channelingstocks.com market. We'll see. We'll see if we reject that channel and actually uh, come right back down. Or do we get up through the 400, start making our way to 410, something to keep an eye out for. Let's go to Spotify. Spot. Spotify. As they're announcing here uh, some news that they're planning to cut 6% of its employees. Uh, chief content advertising business officer to leave the company. Trimming the fat, or is this concern for growth moving forward? Right now, the market is in full silver lining that if you're trimming the fat, we like it. And it is good for the companies. No doubt it's good for the companies. I just think rallying them relentlessly on this is, is still not you know a reason to just be coming in and buying stocks. I still think that the trimming fat because they see worse times ahead. That's my opinion. I know Benioff is not just my opinion because Benioff flat out said it. Microsoft said it too, but we aren't listening to that. We're just listening to, hey, trimming the fat. It's what we need to do. A lot of people may be getting paid not as much as they, or more than they should, and that's what it's doing. So it's probably necessary steps. I just think it's the prelude to trouble ahead. So the only thing that I would have to say to that is clearly in this case, right? So they're mm-hmm. getting rid of the chief content and advertising business officer. They'll have to hire an advertising business officer again at some point down the line. And what will they pay him? Probably pay him more than they were paying this guy that they just fired. Because you can't pay less. Wages go up. We've been fighting wages for so long. People want to get paid more. They don't want to get paid less. And if they are going to get paid less, they ain't going to take it. They're going to look somewhere else. If the guy t- at McDonald's is making $16, $20 an hour, I know. guess what? I'm not taking 25 no more. Yeah, no, I know that's where it's at. It's I like mean, the wages I, I, just I think come people up are losing that. You see that McDonald's sign? I drive by it every day. Well, when I drive, because I just work from home <laughs> half the time. But if I'm out there, I drive by it. It's eighteen dollars an hour to start, plus you know their perks, which is like fifty percent off your meals or whatever it is. I don't know what else they give you, but anyways, it's an eye opener when I see. It. And again, we're in Ontario; it's Canadian money, so it's a little bit less. But you see, eighteen dollars an hour, you're like, holy McDonald's. I don't that just seems like a lot of money for a McDonald's worker, but that's where we're at. So wage inflation is still sticky, and, and companies are still having trouble finding people. But maybe as we lay more people off, maybe as companies, maybe we get to a point where, okay, maybe people get a little bit more hungry. Maybe these people who are making a quarter million a year will find another job, and you know, and, and that's going to help to bring down wage inflation because maybe they will be willing to accept less. I don't know. But it's tough when you get used to living on a quarter million do you want to go to living on 150, Mitch? I don't know. Like there's and there's literally a lot of these people they're laying off probably are high six digit salaries. You know, there's probably not a lot of people in there making thirty thousand or forty thousand. I don't think they're laying those people off. They're laying off these people that are making quarter million a year. But they're finding jobs because the jobs numbers aren't jumping. These guys are finding jobs. They're finding someone else or to pay the them severance is good enough, Mitch, that they just don't even care. Yeah, they had some stock. That was the only thing. I mean, they had some stock. <laughs> Maybe they sold it. Uh, but for some, that was one thing I was thinking about with like Google and 
you know, Amazon, some of these employees, you know, if, you know, if they'd been long-term employees and they had a nice stock compensation package and they didn't get greedy out there, but that's just, I mean, that's just a very, you know, rosy scenario. I just want to alert our traders here on the Spotify that there's not much up here for resistance, up six bucks on this. Uh, but there are a couple daily highs uh, surrounding that 106 area, 105 and a half, 106 and a half. So if 104 is not good for you, uh, good enough for you up 619, there's a couple uh, daily highs that uh, come into focus Uh Perhaps in today's session, trading right near the high of the session here in Spotify. And Google did their layoffs on, on Friday, correct? Or Thursday, they yeah. made the announcement. They're all doing it now. And now that they see that the stocks are getting rewarded this <laughs> oh, much, yeah. there's going to be more of this. <laughs> They're like, holy, you know, we're getting up a 6% pop for laying people off. So we're going to save ourselves some money and we're going to get rewarded by shareholders here significantly. Like these are like earnings beats. Like I get, you know, if you rally one percent on this, but when you're rallying six percent and seven percent, you know, on some of these, you know, layoffs here. Now again, Google doesn't do that, but you know, Amazon rallied significantly when it did it last week. So I'm like, they see the they see the stock action. They think that you know, shareholders are rewarding us. You're going to see a lot more of this. You could see the earnings warnings come, but lay people off, and maybe the stocks go up on that. So obviously, we're in this market where it's in the silver lining market, which is another case for the bulls. And they see the layoffs is just flat out good. They don't worry about demand going forward. Going back to Salesforce, though, there's news there too, Mitch. Maybe we should talk CRM because I had a good day on Friday. Somebody buying like crazy on Friday. Obviously, everything got bought on Friday, so maybe we're reading too much into that. But Elliot, with a new stake over the weekend here and CRM lifting. Yeah, it looks like Elliot wanted to get themselves a filet mignon in Salesforce as they took a multi-billion dollar stake um, it, it isn't clear exactly how big the stake is, but you guys see it definitely getting some lift here. Mm -hmm. Is Salesforce now a buy with Elliott management behind them? Chasing is never a great thing. I will say I would never fade an Elliott move. I've learned that the hard way with pins. I mean, they got involved with Pinterest. It's held up the <laughs> whole time. So this market loves Elliott. When Elliott is involved, this market seems to have a relentless support bid under these stocks. So just keep that in mind. I like CRM. I think the stock has come down a long ways. I told you it would be on my shopping list if the stock dipped significantly. I'm not long it yet. But if the stock dip did, you know, come in and eventually have an earnings dip, it spooked me when Benioff said he saw tougher times ahead, which he said when he did those layoffs, but the market didn't seem to care. So I don't like it when the CEO is saying that. So that makes me a little bit spooked. The PE is still pretty high on CRM, but it's come down to a more reasonable level. I think CRM is going to be a buy at, at a certain point in time. Um, it's just a matter of timing it. But now I'm not chasing it up seven bucks today because Elliot's in. I mean, you got major resistance. Throw it to Joel here. Yeah. You got some resistance coming up here, Joel. Yeah, um, I would. I wanted to give our traders like 160 here because that was uh, 160 and a quarter was your high back on November 30th. But you definitely have an offer here at 159. That that's person that man or lady's been stocking this 159 here over the past hour so we'll see get obviously you get through the pre-market high you know there's always room on the upside but take out 159 i see this high dennis uh 160 and a quarter was a daily high and then um that also matches and uh, uh not not quite matches 160 82 was the next high after that. But let's let's uh let's knock out that 159 seller first. But boy, up seven and a quarter. Uh did he I know we talked about um Elliot in, in the pins, but wasn't didn't he say like Western Digital was worth or was that Elliot or was that something uh, somebody Do we else? have a tool to go see what Elliot is currently <laughs> in? Because Joel's right, there's a lot of other companies here that Elliot has been involved with and I always think of Pinterest, one of the more recent ones that's held up very, very well. M Mitch, do we have a tool, or maybe we should, you know, tell the pro development team to get that tool for Benzinga Pro to be able to just click on Elliot and see everything they're in? Yeah, do you I need think that tool. I, maybe I, you do have it. I think we can. I'm just trying to do it. Right. I'm gonna the filings. I'm gonna I mean... mess with the pro team right now. That'd be a good tool to have. 
I'm sure we can go find it somehow on Google too, but I'm going to measure. Yeah, I'm going through, I'm going through what, what, what you can do is we can do this already. The only thing is you're going to have to do a little bit more digging, um, but I'll share my screen so that you guys can see this. And all you got to do is just go into your news uh, news panel, right? And then search for Elliott Management. It's going to search in all the headlines for Elliott Management. Then you could scroll through. You see Pinterest, uh, USVT, MCFY, Juniper. There's a lot of these out there, but you have to go in through one of these because some of them could be rumors that they didn't actually fulfill. Um, so like you could see Duke is one of the companies that's mentioned here. So you would have to actually roll through here exactly. And then another way to be doing this also would be maybe doing it through the calendar widget, but just wanted to kind of show one way that you can be doing that on Benzinga Pro. A lot of companies, <laughs> put it this way. <laughs> There's a bunch of them. Uh, also, right, I just messaged just... the pro team too. So they are, they're pretty good. They're going to get on this stuff. We'll get some more tools. In here. May, yeah, it was May. It was May of 22 when uh, he said that Western Digital busted up is worth 100 bucks. So uh, that but, didn't you know, work out so well. Yeah. And then uh, I still think about him in like AT&T a while ago. But then There's news involved, on are they Western still involved Digital. In AT&T? I That's don't think so. I, 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 I don't know. They they make their ploys and then they move. I mean, Pins has moved up too. I and I, I remember that, but it's like the initial pop, I think took it like to 23, 24. And then that's just kind of you can always tell when they get the initial pops. And then they take another, you know, oh, we're gonna add to our stake too. So that you know, that's another thing. But uh um, anyways, I mean it's moving today, right? And that's yeah. what the, that's what people are, are concerned about. And, or, and and what I will say is these tend to be a little more sticky. These Elliott moves tend to be a little more sticky. I mean, there's people fade in the Pinterest move, and that stock has just held up and been like relentless since they've been involved. You think about how bad of a year, Joel, in 2022, a lot of these, you know, high, you know, growth, no earnings companies or very low earnings companies have done. This stock made its low back in like 17, 18, back in April, you know, break, and when Earlier. was the, when, 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 okay, so here's an exercise. When did Elliot take the stake in Pinterest? The initial stake. When did we find out about it? Was uh, it July? No, it was this day, right? We can go here. to the pro. I can, I, you don't need you can to go see to it? the pro. You need to go to Joel. And that was um, August 1st. There you go. Since August 1st, there's been no real sellers in this stock. There's been sellers, but they've been met with more buyers. The stock has held up very, very well. So, and if you go in that same time period to like ARKK, ARKK back in July, August looked like $53. Now it's 36. That's a good comparable. If you go to like even like a, I don't know, we could go, well, Meta's, Meta's come off the lows, but Ooh, Meta was up Meta, that too. Meta, 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 did I? That's a good stock talk too, but that's turning the value and people are all over it because they think, you know, they're going to turn it around here, which they might. It's a value stock. All right, team. Uh, there is news on Western Digital, right? There in some rumors right now for advanced potential. Uh, right now, it looks like with, with Japan, Kioxa Holdings. Uh, this is a spinoff from Toshiba. Uh, looks like they're going after Western Digital. We'll see what happens in there. It's just a rumor right now, so you could see WDC get a little bit higher. This was rumored there last week, wasn't it, or two weeks? Yeah, ago? So it's been around. Heard this rumor. It's been around. They're they're, <laughs> yeah. they're they're recirculating it. Let's say that. Need more of a pop here. Yep. Just keep an eye out on Western Digital. We'll you see. You still if in your Western Digital? No, I got. No, I got. Yeah, I swapped that. That was uh, that was a long, long time ago. Yeah. yeah. No. And I never, <laughs> long, I never, yeah, uh, yeah, never, never re-entered. Uh, always stocks up on on rumors. You know, you yeah. have to, you have hey, to pay maybe attention monthly to support, it. monthly support on this one, undercut and rally. I mean, at least well, you got a level. This, look at look at this thing since twenty three. I mean, right since the first day of the year. Was had just a couple down days and uh, and not much. So uh, Western Digit and uh, I mean a lot of these. I'm, I'm probably not grouping these all to, uh, together correctly, but you know Micron. Well, ooh, look at that man! Three highs in the same area from uh, from Micron and trading up again today. Here's one that uh, wow, you're above last week's high and. I also noticed uh, NVIDIA just quietly making its way back up here. Boom. A lot Eight of these down names from 2022 yep. are doing really well in January in 2023. Who would have thunk that? <laughs> if you could just like 
chop off the 22 and just look at these stocks for 23. It's just uh, a whole, and look at the way they tailed off. I think December. the important part also is catching that a, a lot of these gave like that first day, like a little bit of a down move and then oh, yeah, kind of washed easy. out the mentality there. Yeah, and that's easy. why you have to be like, staying in it right like diamond hands well it's not only that it's just more think about that a lot of times when everybody's leaning one way we get that reverse move right but then as as you break that mentality that's usually when you get the move and i think that that's exactly what happened here you broke some of that mentality at the beginning part of the, the third the fourth and then on the fifth boom we took off that can happen a lot of the time traders so keep that in mind all right, let's keep going. Let's get to the next headline on Wayfair as JP Morgan Sheesh. upgrading Wayfair wow. to overweight wow. and price target to 63. They talked today? about Was it course, going there today? I think it so, seems though. like it. Um, <laughs> they upgraded Wayfair to overweight from underweight, given a positive shift in the Double market upgrade. trends, uh, talking about controlling expenses, investments, which They're, combined oh could give gosh. significant earnings revision. I think this is the important thing. They're expecting to see some earnings revision come out of this um, over steeply negative over the past two years to positive on top of a still attractive valuation. The street is just all over this cut the fat narrative. And here's an analyst coming in. So not only does Wayfair <laughs> get the crazy six point pop from cutting jobs, but now you have JP Morgan that comes out and says the stock's going to go way higher because they've cut those jobs. I mean, the street already said that, but J.P. Morgan gets another 12%. It's just 23%, you know. From cutting jobs. <laughs> this is where we're at. This is the silver line. It's telling you stuff's oversold, though. This stock, <laughs> $300 a share back at the end of 2021, down to 28 bucks. So maybe Wayfair, I know my wife buys a lot of stuff on Wayfair. Maybe Wayfair isn't going out of business. You know, that's one thing to say. I don't know valuation. I've never sat down and did the Wayfair uh, fundamental crunch, analyze, you know, where they are. Does it make money? Does Wayfair make money? I'm not sure if they do, but I'm sure it's <laughs> look at everybody in the chat. Does. Everyone in the chat's telling you, we'll never make money. <laughs> they burn it. They burn it. But right now, that narrative, if you're cutting the fat and then you get JP Morgan saying cutting the fat is good. Another 12%. No, yep. These stocks, you can't argue with it. The bulls are complete control. But if I was in it, it just went from 38 to 52. I'd ring the register, but that's just me. Maybe it 52. continues. I don't, I, there's lots of room. 52.67. Uh, the pre-market high is just a tad above that at 52.88. But uh, you got a pair of highs right there. Right before the stock really, really broke down here. A lot of people getting their money back here at 52.67. Pair of highs there. Clears that, maybe 55, but uh, keep, it, keep a close eye on that one. Big wow. pop off of cutting jobs and uh, the J.P. Morgan upgrade there. So like that 52.67 as resistance. All right. Uh, just to kind of point towards here, I'll just bring in something that we don't do often, but I, I just did it really quickly for us. This is the last five years of uh, Wayfair search on Google. Um, I'll show you guys that right now. You guys can see how, and of course, the pandemic, you know, that thing popped like crazy. Yeah. Everyone wanted to talk. But you can see also what a light decline here in the trend. And that just goes to show us since the pandemic, essentially, we've been going down and down and down. So less people searching for Wayfair just shows me more and more how the consumer is getting tighter and tighter and tighter and not making so many of those purchases, especially let's say like for furniture and those kinds of good, there are some hard good ticket stuff on Wayfair. There's everything on Wayfair. It's like, it's basically like, a Oh yeah. There's stuff. some couches that will cost you thousands and thousands on there, man. But you get some deals on there too. I, I we buy stuff from Wayfair. My wife, I yeah, don't buy anything, I've gotten some. my wife shops on Wayfair shops on Wayfair, Amazon. What's the other one? The other one, big, big one, uh, overstock, overstock. There she you go. The overstock. So remember that thing used to be a ripper. <laughs> where's that? OSTK. I bet you top big Let's check out 23. The of that looks she? sleepy. There you go. There's what do you sleepy... think of Overstock Ooh. here? You've had I, I, all I like this it. rally Look and all the these levels. other beat down growth names. That one hasn't. Well, I guess it's went up from 18. It's a three-star level. Yeah, over 22. Room to 25. Yeah. I kind of like it. 
I wouldn't three or four stars, it. Joel, right? Three or four stars? What are you 21. Doing? Yeah, go, Mitch. 20, I'll bring you down there. 2180. Uh, last week's, well, yeah, last week's I 2178. Triple D is just making it, you know, just going with a nice round number 22. That I was, I was actually 2240, but triple top 2175. I'll, I'll make it a three star here. And, uh, that nice, nice chart. Good way. Wait, what they supposed to like reinvent the stock exchange or something? Weren't they supposed to do that? Was that overstock? That was like, <laughs> I, I remember. Were they involved in crypto? Was uh, overstock involved in crypto for a while? Like, there was, a, there was a guy. There was a guy that I think I met at a fintech event, uh, fintech awards, and he, he was with from overstock. And then I'm like, what's up with this? Uh, weren't they supposed to do something with stocks, please? So what, what, someone helped me out with this. stocks, but I thought they were involved with crypto. And I asked that. him about it, and uh, <laughs> he walked away from me. And then, like, I you know, I got his card, and then, like, two weeks later, I, like, uh, nope, uh, sent an email or something. Like, ah, this guy doesn't work here anymore. Yeah, so. zippity doodah saying they were involved with Bitcoin, though. Okay. For a bit. I'm not sure if they still are, but in any regard here, it's a good looking chart. I actually don't mind this chart. So, you know, we're finding you some trading ideas. This one seems sleep. I see Wayfair rip roar and higher like that. Amazon is sleepy too. Amazon, but we've got earnings coming from Microsoft, which, and that's the one thing to consider too. You know, if you get a bad report from Microsoft on Tuesday, and, and again, that's <laughs> a Wednesday, that could change the narrative on a lot of this in yeah. a hurry. So I don't know. It's often scary to take bullish positions. I had a big reports like that. Microsoft, nothing to do with overstock, but it's going to drive the whole market. So I don't, I don't, I don't mind the overstock chart though. Well, I'll tell you what, we're talking about what we see in the markets. Why don't we take a look into what market structure edge sees? Let's get into it. Yeah. Let's bring on Tim Quast. What's up, Tim? How we doing? Hey, good to see you guys. Happy Monday to you. It's been, it feels like it's been a little bit. Since I've seen you. I recognize the background, though. I believe it, you were up in the chalet. I am. I am. I'm See? In, yeah. I'm starting yes. to know your backgrounds here. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like 50. So, you know, you slowly start to narrow them in. But <laughs> well, you too can have 50 homes if you use Market Structure Ed. There you go. Oh, oh. Maybe. <laughs> Hold on. Nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. Little humor there, is. everybody. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, well, you have an extra spare room there, right? I'm coming yeah, through. Ab absolutely, <laughs> we do. Come on over. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the action. Of course, in the markets, it's been tough. It seems like a lot of up and down moves, high volatility. Is it fast trading out there, Tim? What's going on? Uh, well, yes, yes, it is. I, the 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 whole setup to the period into options expirations. You know, I'm one of the few people who pays a lot of attention to those things because it's it's predictive. It will tell you what's going to happen. If you look back over 2022, 75% uh, of the time the market changed direction at options expirations. So you should probably know that. Uh, but one of the things that that I look for is which behavior is leading uh, the portfolios that I've got at edge. And if you're new to listening to this traders, this, this is how I think about the market, that there are, uh, there are different purposes and time horizons behind price and volume. And uh, the purpose and time horizon will determine how the market behaves. And if you look at the math, 70 to 75% of volume comes from passive investment, and fast trading, which Mitch just mentioned. Fast trading we think of as proprietary traders who have a, an investment horizon of a day or less. So if your investment horizon is very short, the market becomes volatile. It's that simple. Uh, passive investment will make decisions that take, take time and days to, to unfold because it's very big. Vanguard said a, a month ago that 80% of the $8 trillion of assets that it's got are in models, their asset allocation models, their passive investment funds. And those things don't think about, well, what's the price of this and how much can I get and what's it going to do? They just move money. 
And that's what happened in the first part of the year. And it went where money hasn't been into tech, creating a momentum trade. Momentum trades, by the way, are nothing more than prices moving away from you. What causes prices to move away from you? Somebody who doesn't care about the uh, the price. <laughs> it's really that simple. And so when that runs its course, that's when you should beware, traders, that you should take gains and not chances. And you could see that at edge. You could see in the first two weeks of the year, every one of my portfolios at edge was led by passive investment behavior. There were momentum opportunities everywhere. In the last week, it all deteriorated to fast trading. So then your time horizons shrink and the probability of unusual moves in increases. And then you hit options expirations when derivatives expire. I went wholly to cash by last Tuesday because I looked at the data and thought, well, if the market's topped, options are expiring, fast traders are leading, what's the probability that the market declines? Well, fairly high. And so those are things that you can know, traders, and you should. Yeah, definitely. I mean, of course, we've been seeing the recession fears out there or maybe soft landing talk. And uh, I know that that drives the narrative sometimes, but it looks like you've been looking underneath the hood, Tim, and seeing that the data is pointing towards more of that topping and staying within this channel that we've been in lately. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's get into more of the momentum trades. These have been hanging on the January effect um, it looks like we ran into a small little wall last week, then bounced right back. What's going on with these momentum trades? Well, you know, I like to pick on the pundits uh, <clears throat> that uh, I think about uh, folks like this is a name that goes way. You know, so Spencer Israel would know this name. So you, this is your test. Uh, <clears throat> so there was this fellow named Jesse Livermore who was very. Mm -hmm. I see Joel grinning <clears throat> and, and keep in mind, folks, his. He, he met an untimely demise, so maybe maybe quoting him isn't a great idea. But, yeah. uh, you know, he said that you have to have discipline, a clear strategy, and a concise plan in order to trade the market. And he also said to anticipate the market is to gamble. It's better to just look at what the market's doing and see if it confirms what you think. Um, and, and to put those two principles to work in what happened last week, think about how much uh, punditry contradicted basic rational thought. If you're going to have a plan and a strategy and discipline, would you change your mind the next day? Well, of course not. And yet in the last four days, we were told, three of those days where the market was down, we were told, well, this is recession fears. And then on Friday, the market bounces. And then we're told, oh, no, now we're, we're seeing a soft landing. Minds don't change like that. That's not how the market works, people. That is not what the money's doing. Options expired Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And if you looked at what, the, what was occurring right into options expirations, you would expect, okay, there will be a big drop. And then Friday will be a pretty good day because there was short covering ahead of time. It will give people a chance to chase prices back up. Son of a gun, that was exactly what happened. So uh, that, that's what you should know. Traders, if you're going to be involved in the market, understand its mechanics. Now, to get to momentum, Mitch, uh, again, I think that the reason there was momentum was clear to me in the data. Uh, money came into the markets again in passive models. People are still making contributions to their 401ks, uh, and that money gets deployed into the things that everybody is underweight in their models. What were they underweight? Tech. So you could go trade. I'll tell you, they were just everywhere. You know, shop, uh, uh, Roku, Roblox, yeah. Yeah. Square. I could go on and on and on. These stocks delivered 25% gains, even in consumer discretionary. Uh, Crocs, I traded Crocs and it was a very, you know, that was a great stock to trade. All of these were things that you could look at in the math and say, well, these are things that we can produce returns in. And here's how, here's how I think about this. I'll share my screen. So if you have not seen this, uh, this is market structure edge. And it's, it's very simple. It's just, you know, let's look at supply and demand. It's the only way to see supply and demand in stocks. You have to look at how trades execute. And uh, there are a set of rules that govern those. But look at the momentum portfolio on the left here. So, you know, we just, it, we just tr use the math. It's there on your, your dashboard. But look at this. Demand is very strong, hitting 10 and supply dipped down. There are 24 
components in here. Information technology is the lead sector, and it's led by fast trading. You can know all of that like that. So, Tim, so, question, though. Yes. So when we hmm. see this, and obviously this looks hmm. like from your scenario, like very yep. bullish signals here. How do we know when to right. ring the register? Right. Because it, this obviously we've had a good move. You're talking about a square 25% move in a couple of weeks. Exactly. Crocs, a huge move. How do we know when to ring the register? So this is where I, there, we, I think about three things. Broad sentiment, B, BCD, just like your valve yeah. if you're a if you're a, a uh, a diver. So, so there's broad sentiment, there's context, there's divergence. This is divergence. There's an awful lot of divergence here, but let's think about context and broad market sentiment. So the context is new options trade today, by the way. So they, the, the set that expired last week, a new set will trade today. Tomorrow, the books will get squared on those two. So that's an important thing. 800 companies report results this week. That, those can be very disruptive. So context challenging, sentiment, uh, uh, momentum can work during those things, but you should be aware of that. Then let's look at broad market sentiment. So back at the beginning of the year, right at the end of December, I said there was a, I, I went so far as to say there was a 100% chance that the market would rise in January. And it was only because I could look at the broad sentiment and see that it was below this green line. Statistically, over the trailing five years, every time that it has been below that green line, the market has risen in the aftermath. So I would say, mathematically, the market was very likely to rise. Now, where is it? Well, it's all here's options expirations. That's what those little green things mean. They tell us where they occurred. And here's sentiment is at it's at 7.4 and it has stopped rising. Statistically, every time that the market has been at 7.4, it has declined in the coming couple of weeks. So there's your answer, Dennis. To me, if the broad market sentiment tells us that the wave of money that came into tech is likely to slow down, now we have to beware. And if you look at the other side of the coin, the supply side, look at this. Supply is starting to move up. Demand has peaked. Those are the conditions that reverse the market. It doesn't mean that momentum trades won't work, but you have to be very selective now. Whereas you could just be kind of uh, carte blanche in the preceding two weeks into where we are now. So at this mm. point in time, you're saying if you're mm. sitting on these 25% gainers in square, yep. maybe now is the time to ring the register. I would. Absolutely. Yes. And here's how you know, traders. If you look at, let's just take square as an example. Here's, here's how to think about supply and demand. I mean, it, this is very simple because I'm a simple guy. So like here's <laughs> here it's been hitting the ceiling at 10 and supply was at a deficit. Now supply has risen well above the trend. Well, that's your exit signal. If either side of the, the equation, the supply side or the demand side change, if demand deteriorates, I leave. If supply increases, I leave. It's the divergence of those as a long trader that works. Now, if you wanted to shift short, you can actually start thinking about, I wouldn't short this stock until it's coming down close to five. But if supply rises and demand falls, then you can reverse your trade and you could make money both directions that way. But it's all about supply and demand. And yes, I would, it doesn't mean it's going to happen immediately. You know, I think in central tendencies, it doesn't mean that you can't have additional updates, but the fact, but the probability of additional gains has diminished significantly and you should move on. Your risk-reward setup isn't as good as it was. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Hey, Tim, could you just go into a little bit, uh, someone's requesting um, uh, the, a little deeper explanation on bullish and bearish divergence? So it, this is how I think about it, and the math is very good. We, you know, we, this is what we do. I've been studying these math and using brains smarter than mine that we enlist, like uh, young Nate, the mathematician, uh, to, it's what I call him, to, to run, run data on what happens when supply and demand diverge, like this. So when demand is rising sharply and supply goes the opposite direction, if there's a, a uh, a uh, divergence, a standard deviation of more than one, it's, it's one of the things we look for. The probability of gains is very high. Uh, so that's, it's that simple. It's, it, you know, we're not looking for patterns. Uh, patterns, to me, the trouble with patterns is they suppose that the same things repeat. Well, the market is constantly changing. 
the value of derivatives changes. The amount of money coming into or leaving the market continually changes. So the only constant to me is supply and demand. And so you don't have to worry about a particular pattern. Just look for that. And we, of course, we apply math to it so that we don't have to do that. I don't want to hunt around. I, I literally just do this. I look at the momentum portfolio every day. This is what we put out there. It's, you know, this it's how I think about it. And I probably go to the bottom. And I heard you mention this earlier, Dennis, that Wayfair. I mean, Wayfair is 10 uh, and has downtrending supply. It's that simple. I'll go look at those. I look at the amount of volatility that they've got. This is how much they move intraday. The Wayfair is very volatile. Yeah, and so, big time. you know, if a stock like this is so take any of those first solar, pretty good stock. If that stock is down two or three percent, I'm buying it. Why? Because it has a probability of moving about five percent a day. And so maybe tomorrow it's up three. So if I bought it when it was down two and it rises three, I've made a very nice return. And it's a very high probability, low risk, low stress approach to uh, the market. And that's how to think about supply demand divergences. Tim, before we let you go, we just uh, we covered your topics here. Just talk real quickly about uh, Monday, obviously, first day of the week, but uh, counterparty Tuesday. So that's a term of ours, Joel, but we've, okay. been using, we've been using it a long time. And, it, and it's, again, it's not something that we've just made up. It's an observation. So there are five, five big banks, and there are a lot of counterparties, but here's your market structure lesson for the day, traders. Uh, so in the derivatives market, which comprises, by the way, about 20% of market cap, that's why a stock that reports results during earnings can go down 20%. <coughs> I mean, if that if all of a sudden the implied value of a stock vanishes, well, the part that's tied to a derivative can also vanish. And there are parties that underwrite that tends to be banks. I mean, you and I could buy options. That's buying and selling volatility, futures, buying and selling volatility, the VIX, buying and selling volatility. And there are counterparties to those transactions that organize them. And there are five big banks behind that. And there will be a series that expires. So they're back in those and they're going to have wins and losses associated with them. And then a new series will trade. Well, what's the demand? No one really knows for sure. They're going to try to estimate it. That's what will happen today. Could be an up and down day because they'll try to sort that out. And then tomorrow, Tuesday, we call it Counterparty Tuesday. There's one every month. The banks are going to square the ledger. Did we win or lose? And that will lead to what happens on Wednesday. If they were losers, they have to sell assets and the market goes down. If they weren't, everything's level. If they undershot demand, the market can go up. So those are important things to know. And, it, and almost never do people pay enough attention to that. All the credit will go to, oh, people feel good about this or bad about that, or, or it's earnings or it's monetary policy. None of those things are 20% of market cap. Derivatives are. So that's why it matters. I always watch these days very carefully for a signal about risk taking. All right, team. I went and go ahead and threw up the link there for your uh, 30 day trial. Get it now for Market Structure Edge. I did see a lot of you guys mentioned that you guys wanted to see Tesla. Well, huh? get that 30 day trial. Go there ahead and go. check it out. As easy as that. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Appreciate you joining us. Like always, Tim Quas will be happy to have you back on, my friend. Have a good have one. Have a good week, guys. Good to see you. So. Thank you. Take Thanks, care, Tim. Tim. All right, let's get back towards the market. How are we looking, Joel? Are we leaking? Are we still holding yeah, in here? Yeah, we, we 4K. There's nothing there except that's the high of the day, 4,000 coming back uh, towards mid-range on the session. So a little bit of a rally was sold into. Uh, unchanged on the session, 88.50. But uh, so far, uh, you know, 20-point range, not too bad. And uh a pre-market high, four thousand, just nice round number. We haven't uh, haven't hit that as a daily high or low, but uh, got a few minutes left here. We'd want to do some earnings. I know we got a big week of uh, earnings. You want to do some earnings previews? Uh, let, let's do uh, this upgrade that I thought was important to touch. Uh, Deutsche Bank's upgrade on Shopify. Uh, let's let's go to the shop. We've been shop talking about this one. I still haven't invested in it. I still want to. I'm just trying to I wait like and wait too. on the market. But I might have to just take a piece 
and try to work in here. Um, they did upgrade Shopify to a buy, raising price target to $50, saying many leading brands are now actively looking to migrate and are in the process of migrating over from legacy competing solutions. Uh, we note this is a sharp contrast to our conversation over the last 12 months, which consistently highlighted the pace of migration slowing. So it looks like uh, more companies moving towards a company like Shopify. Relentless bid in this fabulously run company. Um, the, the bid's been here for a couple months here now. So I think you're still buying pullbacks on a stock like this. Again, not in a long-term investment account because the valuations never got to a reasonable level. But mm -hmm. I mean, it's in a little short-term bull trend. I think bulls are in control here. I'd be a buyer dips. Uh, just short-term target here. You did get to 42.45 in the pre-market trading off this upgrade, and you just got one pesky high sticking out here at uh, 42.70. So we'll mark that at like a, a daily high coinciding with the pre-market high, and opens up after that the upper 43 handle. Uh, if you're looking to bring this in, or you know, try and get this on a little bit of a dip, closed on its high tick of the session on Friday, right at 40.48. So right now with the stock trading up, we'll call that we'll call that support if you're willing to, you know, to fade this upgrade. And then that's just one one stinking high up there at 42.70. But uh the fact that it coincides with the pre-market high adds a little bit of significance to it. We'll see what happens there in Shopify. If traders go after it, it's been a good name. We'll see. I, I'm still thinking about trying to take a shot, but I'm waiting on the market. Let's go to our lithium plays in play today. As uh, we did get some comments from Elon Musk this weekend. I don't know if you guys caught it on Sunday. He, he was talking about uh, green technologies and he uh, specifically talked about copper production. He said that there's no change that's needed in copper production to transition to sustainable energy. He did so say about lithium refinement that it needs to increase dramatically uh, but lithium ore itself is an extremely common throughout the earth and so i'm just putting it on the radar who knows maybe lithium gets a little bit of a lift today off of that but we'll keep watch on some of these stocks i've sold um I, I can't remember if i sold it all but i've sold i think i may have even sold it all now the lithium it's just come up here joel to this like 24 and a half I know, now, I 25 I'm looking the 35 down to the 18 is around 26, 27, but I just feel like overall the trend has turned here now for this stock. It held up relentlessly forever. And now you yeah. get that snapback rally, which I wanted to, which allowed me to get out of the stock. Obviously, we bought this stock, you know, uh, you know, back at six or seven dollars, I believe, uh -huh. uh, a couple of years ago. I actually added some to it, which I wish I wouldn't have. And then it's come back up here, and I believe I've sold the whole thing now. Uh, it is getting a little bit of a pop. I, I know we just—I do believe we discussed that uh, the the week uh, before I was here, and I was hoping for this twenty-four and a half, twenty-five area. Um, I guess the Tesla—you know—the Tesla train has helped this come off the low, right? So mm -hmm. follow the momentum here in Tesla, and uh, I'm looking at para high. It did get up near yesterday's high last week, but uh, this twenty-four fifty area looming pretty large here. Traded up twenty-nine cents on its comments but uh opening to me it's opening into uh some daily resistance and then there's an etf what's the isn't there uh an etf for the um uh the lit the lit lit global x lithium etf a lot I of do, tesla in there um one i like that i like the monthly is pll i've talked oh, yeah. about this one i've called this one from the 30s back in before nice 2020 yeah. um and been watching this one for a while that monthly chart 45 43s in that area looks really good it's starting to push but now it's not starting to push though mitch here's the problem it already has pushed i mean it was a good call by you Eight but we moves. just went from 40 dollars to 62. Yeah. the stock is up 60 percent basically this year yeah i mean now you're coming and buying it now you're up six not six percent it's up 60 percent from the lows I mean, now it's like so far off the lows, it's like I'm coming in here now. The momentum traders love this stuff. They just chase 60%, goes up 90%. I just think yeah. we're not in that environment anymore where we just got to relentlessly chase, you know, performance. And that's what's going to, you know, if it goes up 60, it's going up 90. We haven't been in that environment. We've been in that environment. If it's going up 60, then it comes back down 30. 
So I think we got to yeah. still really respect the contrarian environment that we are definitely still in. Maybe eventually we break out in this full bull market and momentum, you know, trading just takes over. But I mean, here's a stock that, you know, really got beat up. It's come all the way back up. There's major resistance all over the place up here. I think now's the time to ring the register. And that's why I was ringing the register in, in LTHM, which again, if you do the math on LTHM from the lows, Joel, we go down like 18, yep. up yep. six, you up 35% here, you know, 38% in about 10 trading sessions. It's a big move. I have for you, uh, PLL traders, uh, that got within a dime of uh, the high for the week. 63.29 was your high on Wednesday, and you got to 63.19 on Friday. A little lighter volume uh, trading stock, so be careful on this one. But uh, keeping a close eye on those pair of highs, this is called uh, 63 and a quarter. All right, guys, great to we be back. We have Microsoft back. news. Um, or somebody just say something. Let me just Someone just said something good. I don't know. I just saw Microsoft spike up. Uh, Looking for it right now. See if there's anything here. Um, looks like uh, earnings, a preview. No, I'm not seeing much. 4236 right last week's high. Guys, I'll check in with there's, you later. There's definitely on. something just happening. Something. Here. I just watched it spike. It's been trading nothing all morning. It's just been sitting there all morning here. Yeah, I'm looking. I, I don't I don't have anything just yet. Um yeah. So we'll see what happens there. It could be a ratings, could be something like that. Keep an eye out there, team. We are really seeing Microsoft, Microsoft get a little right bit now. of a spike like somebody, right now. Maybe somebody on a major media said something here too, just trying to dig here myself. So just because, you know, it was sitting there. It's one of the big guns. I just all of a sudden saw it just take off. So yeah, it's, it's, it's how it is. We'll be ready for this week. Like always, we've been seeing up and down moves. At least the Fed will be quiet this week. Um, so you don't have to be worrying about the bullard coming it's, in into the market. So just kind of mentioning that. There, there we'll is see. a headline. So just coming back here, Microsoft yeah. coming from Bloomberg, OpenAI and Microsoft extend their partnership. So Mike, it's confirmed that we talked about this rumor I, there last week. It looks like it's being confirmed that they um, are extending that relationship with OpenAI. So obviously the market is applauding that on at least yes. Microsoft here. Right it's now. the sexy word of the year, Dennis. I've already it's been the sexy it. word for a while. AI. So, well, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say for, for last year was metaverse, right? If we had to give one word towards twenty two, it was metaverse. Yeah. This year, I think AI team. Look for look for companies that are mentioning AI. Look how they're getting the lift. A lot of this coming off, of course, the Chat G, uh, GPT, and that's what's giving it the lift. But I think overall, everyone's starting to take a deeper look into AI. So you will see companies mention that word. That can give them a little bit of sexiness. Give them some story. Look for that. When companies mention it, I will be expecting a pop. We'll see what happens. And we'll look to see if we can take advantage of that style play, right? Any mention of uh, AI, it could be even from like a, a Unity, right? Things out there. Look for those mentions. I think stocks will get a lift off of it. We'll see what happens there. And Microsoft went up there to a spike of 242.62. We'll look to see if we can take that out in the intraday market. Any last comments, Dennis? Um, just chop. I mean, I think we got to still respect that we are in a trading range. Maybe there's going to be some fundamental earnings reports here that take us out of this trading range. But 4,000 is major resistance. That remains major resistance until we break it. We got up there three trading sessions ago, failed, came off significantly. Now we're coming back up to retest it again. Maybe we eventually take it out. Uh, but resistance is resistance until it's broken. All right. We'll see what happens there. Go do what you do best, my friend. Get to your trading action. We'll okay, see you luck, tomorrow, everyone. Dennis. Definitely, you guys can keep up with Triple D Trader at Twitter, right? Give them a little bit of a follow if you're not doing so already. We'll get into the action. Let's get you over to the live trading action that's coming up next. But I do want to give you guys the outlook. The book club, the Benzinga book club was an amazing event on Sunday. We just went through the first meeting. And those that haven't seen it, the reason you haven't seen it is because that's what it's all about. The book club gets the behind the scenes access, the long conversation. Right now, we're going through the book Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas. If you want to up your trading skills and are looking for ways to read more books this year, I know a lot of you guys for New Year's probably thought, hey, I want to read more this year. Well, stick with us in the book club and you guys can keep expanding your knowledge. I'm going to throw up the form to keep adding 
more members. We had a great conversation yesterday, and I hope that you guys join us this next Sunday as we keep expanding. This Sunday, we're going to try more of a morning meeting, see how that goes, see if everybody can meet more in the mornings on Sunday and the afternoons. But like always, we're here for you guys to continue building the value, giving it back to you guys. The book club is all about one thing, taking knowledge into skill. So if you want to go ahead and build on your knowledge and, of course, build on those skills, you want to be in the Benzinga book, uh, Benzinga book Club. All right, team, I will see you guys on live trading. That's coming up next. Tanya, thank you for joining me yesterday. Tanya was actually a part of the show. We had uh, other traders join us, like always. And, of course, Christopher Udall that's going to be joining us. You guys don't want to miss it. Definitely was a fun conversation yesterday. And I'll see you guys on live trading that's coming up next. Let's keep building and seeing what the market gives us today.